Mifton down to Dungeon. Yeah. Um, Mifton Pete. Mifton Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs> I don't yeah. it. I think it's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. But it's that in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com. We're also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening on Dash Radio, welcome. We are a Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder show with me today. It's my good friend, McKelly Barra. Hey, McKelly. Hey, Andrew. Uh, so, <laughs> this Thunder team, uh, it's been... Uh, <laughs> It's been such a weird... It was maybe the weirdest week. Because, I mean, it's been a strange ride up until this point. But then if you ask me to predict, like, what's going to happen in this week where they play the Pelicans, Golden State, Detroit, and Dallas, what are they going to do? I'd say they probably win a couple of those and get killed by Golden State. No! They don't! They get they destroy Golden State. They get killed by Dallas, and then they lose uh, close games to the Pelicans in Detroit. Uh, I don't know. I've got some stats on this team, uh, but McKelly, what are your thoughts on the week? Well, it was a weird week, uh, a very weird one. I say I would say, um, as you said, I mean they. They, they really showed up against Golden State uh, and they really didn't against anything, anyone else. Um, I think that against Golden State, we saw how dangerous this team can be when they are locked in from the first minutes to the end of the game, or at least when uh, Steve Kerr decided to pull the, the starters for no reason. Um, and um, yeah, so that phase is the, is the better one, I think. But also you can see like in part of the again part of the Pelicans game and against uh, Detroit that they had like a lot of good stuff running mm-hmm. uh, but then they, they they weren't able to uh, to hold it together and uh, I think that there are issues uh, in the last week we, we've seen really the second unit struggle and yeah. it is not a, a coincidence that when against Golden State they used a very weird rotation with uh, the second unit with the all uh, the big players except Russ, and then they play the second unit just with Russ and defenders. I mean, that was the only game that actually they they, they were able to play uh, consistently uh, with basically no downgrade from the first unit to the second one. I wonder if that is uh, a glare, the glaring, the most glaring issue that they have uh, in these last few weeks is that the second unit with George and Felton is not working and. Only against Golden State, Billy decided to to do something different. Yeah, it's weird because you felt like after that Golden State game, wow, they've really figured some things out. You know, they can use this against Detroit, which we still expected to be a tough game, and clearly it was. And they had a chance to win it. And you can criticize Russ's shot at the end. I'm I'm more for like if you're going to criticize this team, criticize them for blowing the lead again. Criticize them for you know all these. Th- problems that keep coming up yeah Russ probably didn't take the best shot um but still you have to live with you have to live with that one but you 
can you can be frustrated with everything up until that point. Um, because it's, I don't know, a lot of people are, uh, people ask me, relatives and neighbors and friends, you know, like, what's going on with the thunder? And I'm like, I have like no answers. Uh, they're 8 and 11. They're 22nd in offense at a 102.4. Um, they're second in defense. And like, that's the thing. If you want to hang your hat on anything, if you want to say like, this can get better, it's because they're 22nd in defense and they're second in, or it's 22nd in offense and second in defense. Like this, this offense should not be this bad. Like it really shouldn't. Some of it is that they are just not hitting shots. Um, and some of it is that they're not generating good shots and they are not leveraging the, their talents to help themselves get easier shots. It's just strange. They're still sixth in, in net rating. And by the good grace of the Western Conference, which should not be a phrase, but somehow this season it is, like they're not that far out of even the three seed. <laughs> so, I mean, this is yeah. not like a hope. We're not in a hopeless situation. We're not in a, you know, let's start scouting the draft situation. Like we're not, we're not there. Like guys don't watch college basketball. You don't have to. Like the center team is not that far away. Um, but still, as we, I mean, we're almost to December. Um, on Fridays, December first, you're you're kind of left feeling like, man, this is this is just it's just odd. I don't know why they can't get it together. Why can't they pass the ball? Why can't they move? You know, why can they just dominate Golden State and then they can't keep it together for these other two teams? Um, I don't know. This week is more spaced out. They're gonna have more practice time. And, you know, there's a lot of fire Billy Donovan uh, people out there. They want him gone. They think that is what will help. I, I just don't – I don't know that that's the problem. I mean, I think Billy is doing the best he can. And, I mean, to me, like, the problem is still – we talked about this last week, and I don't know that people want to hear this, but I feel like a lot of the problem is still Russell Westbrook. And I just don't know – you know, he he was spectacular against Golden State. Oh yeah, he was, he and was. he was pretty. He was pretty good against Dallas, uh, and Paul George like missed everything against Dallas. Um, and there, there are definitely things that you can criticize Billy for, but to blame Billy for everything at this point would not be right. And if they did fire him, they'd be it'd be kind of a looking for a scapegoat type of scenario where they're like, I don't know, I, you know, maybe he's ten percent of the problem or twenty percent of the problem. But let's just go ahead and fire him anyways and see if we can shake things up. It would, I mean, that's what it would be for. And I'm not sure that that's exactly what this team needs. And it's definitely not a, like, a thundery move to make. I, I mean, I don't think that his job is in jeopardy at this point. But, you know, if you get into the middle, you know, if we hit December 20th and they lose to Utah and they've lost, you know, most of these games in here, you know, we've covered that December is a pretty soft month. Yeah. If if they get that far and they haven't won a majority of those games, then I I think his job becomes less secure. But at at this point, I don't think that we're looking at a at a guy who's going to get fired here in the next few days. I'd be very shocked to see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are not at, at that point, I think. Um, but 
I do think that next week and the one coming after that uh, will be the key to decide if the team is with him or not. Because in some sense, we all know that these mid-range shots, uh, Billy keeps defending the team for taking them. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that is an attempt to say, well, these players are just that. And so it will be impossible for me to convince them to, to go to move away from that. Or if Billy is actually trying behind the scene to convince them and no one listens. Because if they lose badly to Orlando and and they, they, they don't get, get it right uh, next week and the same is for the week after that, then I think you have to think about uh, about it uh, if you're the Thunder. Because, I mean, uh, if you remember Cleveland two, two, seasons ago, uh, two seasons ago, David Butt is not a bad coach. In Europe, he's probably one of the most respected guy. Uh, I, I was uh, one day at one of his clinic. He's so smart. And he, he, he held everyone accountable. But he didn't work with LeBron. So at the end, uh, if... Russ, Melo, and George don't listen to what Billy says, then probably he's saying the right thing. He's coaching uh, like XNO-wise in the right way. But if you cannot communicate and if you cannot relate with your player and if you cannot uh, have your player doing on, the court what, um, doing on the court what you say, then probably it's not that you're a bad coach, it's that you're a bad coach for that team. And so I'm, I'm not saying that Billy Donovan is a bad coach for this team. I'm saying that the next two weeks will be crucial uh, for me, at least, to understand if that is the case. Um, to be uh, at least uh, a bit optimistic, I was looking at synergy offensive numbers, and even if the ratings, like, like the outcome of the possession they have, is pretty brutal, so they are average to below average in almost every um, of the synergy play types, which are spot ups, pick and roll, transition, and blah, blah, blah. I was looking at distribution with, between uh, Oklahoma City and Houston. So Houston is at the very top, and OKC, as you said, is 22nd in the league. And it's not that the distribution is that different. So they use roughly the 20% of their possession in spot up, mm -hmm. uh, 18 for the Thunder, 21 for uh, Houston. They do close to the same number in pick and roll. So 18.6 is Houston and 17.6 is, is OKC. OKC actually runs more transition than, uh, than Houston does. Um, and the isolation is really close. So Houston is 11.8 and uh, OKC is 13. So it's not that, I mean, they are doing things incredibly different, in an incredibly different way uh, than Houston in terms of distribution. The point is what they do in those situations. And uh, if, you, if you haven't read like the article of Fred Katz that, that um, I went out today or yesterday, I don't remember, uh, about the office of OKC, you should read it. Because he, he does a very great point of saying, well, it's not that the mid-range or the isolation are bad uh, by themselves. It, it, it is a bad isolation when you don't create an advantage for the team, but you just check a shot. Mm -hmm. And the same is with a two-pointer. So uh, I tweeted about that during the Golden State, and I'm sure you remember, there are certain possession where Melo was dribbling towards the, bas toward the basket, and the defense work was collapsing. In that, in that moment, taking a pull-up is a good choice because the defense is on his heels. Probably you have Steven Adams that is running toward the basket. And so the, the, the defense is not set. 
and so you have a good chance to make the basket and you have a good chance to take the rebound. If you take the jumper in a very static situation when the big drop, so uh, when the, the big man doesn't go out to actually contest you, that shot is probably a bad one because you don't have opportunity to take the rebound and the shot is out of rhythm for you and for the team. Mm-hmm. So I think that OKC needs to, have, to, to do a better job of recognizing those situations. So you, you can go ISO. We have seen it against the best defender in the league that Carmelo Anthony can be a, a, an issue in the post yeah. if he uses the post in the right way. So Carmelo is a great scorer. So in order to... And you can put it in, in isolations, but with a purpose. The purpose is to uh, go at Green, uh, try to, to, to force him to do fouls, and if doesn't if, it, if that doesn't convert, you need to move the ball and create for others. And that thing, the creating for other parts is not there yet. Uh, so it was very long. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's all really good stuff. And they're, you're, you're right. They, they're not taking the right kinds of shots. Uh, and inherently, as you know, Fred wrote yesterday, it's just not that, not that the kind of shots that they're taking are bad, but in the way that they're doing it, uh, like you illustrated, it's just, it, it's just frustrating to watch game after game. You know, their true shooting percentage as a team is 53.5, which is 25th in the NBA. And just for reference, like 55 is average, and then you have teams that are shooting, you know, close to 60 or at 60, and those are like elite. And so the Thunder just aren't shooting the ball well at all. Um, like you, you mentioned, they're first in isolations in the league, uh, but then they're 12th in points per possession on those isolations. Mm-hmm. Um, at ninety at point nine one um, per possession, and then the Cavs are number one at one point oh six, and they've taken this. This is kind of interesting. They've taken two hundred and twenty seven shots off isolation this season, and they're forty one percent, which is fourteenth um, in the league in percentage. Philly has taken seventy two shots off isolation. Golden State one hundred and two, and it's a, around average is one hundred and twenty. Uh, mm-hmm. Shots and the Thunder at two twenty seven. Uh, I mean, that's that's just a it's a growing problem for the Thunder, and it's just not working. And you just figure at some point they're going to look at the tape, they're going to look at those numbers and say, like the guys, like this is not working. And I know that this is how I played for my whole career. This is how I made All Star teams. This is how I've done whatever. But for this team. It's not working, and I don't think that they can just sit back and say, well, the shots are going to fall. This is what I've always done. Uh, they've, they've got to figure something out here. Yeah, uh, you're perfectly right. I mean, as, as I said before, I mean, it's not, the, it's not taking in isolation the problem. The problem is what, kind of, what, what do you do uh, from isolations? And so if you check up shots, that is a recipe for disaster. And um, but they they have stuff to do. I mean, uh, we've seen lately uh, that little uh, slip to pick from Carmelo Anthony with uh, with uh, Russell Westbrook that uh, basically gets Melo uh, an open shot every time he wants. Uh, those kind of stuff are nice things to do. Nice things to do. But um, to me, um, so Billy gave them a lot of stuff to try. But the point is, until they recognize that doing the extra thing so going from good shot to excellent shot is what they separate what separates teams like houston uh that maybe starts as many isolation as the thunder but do them differently uh from a team that is struggling um and there are many things that you can point out another thing that uh, fred pointed out and i think 
we both already talked about that, is going away from Paul George in crucial situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George is mostly open. So he, he, he knows where to be on the floor. He moves well. If you, uh, if you watch again the game against um, Detroit, he was mostly open in the four. Like completely wide open on the right, right wing. And Westbrook missed him a lot of time. So it's not that OKC is very far away from being a, a, an excellent team. They just have to recognize those situations and go um, to their best player in that precise moment. And they... They still, they're still in the mode. Well, uh, I do stuff with the ball uh, if I'm Russ, and then I'll give it to Melo in the post, and then maybe I'll trigger George. Um, and 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 weirdly enough, this is the same thing that is going with the second unit, where Felton is taking a lot of bad shots, like really a lot of bad shots. Yeah. And if I am if I'm Billy, uh, if I cannot hold Felton accountable for taking those long mid rangers instead of triggering my best scorer in the team uh, off, off screen, uh, then I have a problem. And um, to me, that is something that I think Billy can focus on. And for some reason, Raymond was very uh, uh, defer a lot to uh, to Melo uh, and at the beginning of the season, but now he's not doing that against George. They they don't play together they run play for the second unit either him or or george so it's it's kind of weird uh there are a lot of weird things uh but the 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 bright spot here is that they showed that when they care they are the best of the best and so they they just have to to find ways to be uh consistent in terms of the looks that they get from every player not just the the um, the fabulous four or whatever names you want to give them, um, including Adams, of course. Because, I mean, I'm, again, on Synergy, the spot-up numbers for this team are not bad. So Patterson is excellent in spot-up situation. Too bad he took 24 possessions. Yeah. Uh, so, you, 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 <laughs> like, uh, you, you, and then you have, of course, Robertson and Grant that are very low in this in this kind of uh, metric. But Carmelo is okay. Uh, Paul George is excellent. So y- you have ways to... to 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 become at least an above average offense, it's there. They just have to go at it. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. The, the pieces are in place. People are like this team needs to go get somebody else. They need to figure this out. They, you know, they got some guys here, and I I don't. If you can criticize Billy for anything, I don't just don't know that he's used a lot of these bench guys um, very well. I mean, I. I understand trying somebody else uh, other than Abrinas because he hasn't been hitting his shots. But I just feel like he hasn't been used well at all this season. And I just don't I don't get I don't get that. I, I think it's because Billy doesn't trust him on the defensive end. I understand that, but I mean there's there's two ends of basketball and he clearly just favors the defensive end and is going to go that way. And that's, you know, partly because you know they're the second best defense in the NBA. Um but you know, on nights where Andre Robertson doesn't have to defend somebody, let's let's put Abrinas in there with the starters. Let's see what he can do um, because I feel like he gets pulled out of the game quickly. Like any mistakes that he makes, he gets pulled quickly. Um, he obviously trusts Robertson a lot more, uh, and I just I don't know. I th- I feel like a lot of these offensive problems could be solved by putting somebody else who's competent out there. And at this point, Robertson, like with his fear of getting to the free throw line and his inability to make any outside shots, I know he hit two against Detroit. 
you know, whoop to do. Like he's not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter unless he, in, unless he does that every game where he at least hits a three every game Two like two random threes don't matter. Um, oh no. And so I don't know. I, I just think that they could use somebody in there that can one shoot the ball and two make the extra pass. And let's just see if that helps because the thing that, they're basically in my head. They have two guys that can come in and are good at moving the ball: uh, Abrinas and Patrick Patterson. And neither of those yep. guys play very much. And I feel like those could be two like glue guys that could help make this work, where the ball doesn't stick every time that it hits somebody's hands. Because Robertson, it's going to stick. Jeremy Grant, it's going to stick. Um, I just feel like they need to they need to find these guys that can help them get the ball moving around the court. Uh, and the you know the big three or big four aren't doing they don't play with those guys very often. Yeah, no, that that is a one one of the issue we uh, we discussed a lot. I mean, uh, I don't want to repeat myself, but go and look if you can at uh, shots with Abrines and George on the floor. Um, try to see how they play together. They they run sets. Um, with a green screening for George and vice versa. And those sets lead to open shots almost every time. Mm-hmm. On, uh, on the other end, I mean, I, I saw Golden State game. So the game, the game against Golden State, and I saw how valuable um, Robertson can be on the defensive end. Um, so you have these two. I, I'm not sure if Clay Thompson plays the same game if Abrina starts against him. Probably not. Probably he, he gets right. out immediately. Yeah. Um, so. It's hard. It is an hard choice. But on the other hand, look at, uh, again, look at the game against Dallas, Dallas, and look at how Dirk defends Robertson. Mm-hmm. So Dirk can be on the floor, on the floor, uh, for 38 minutes or 30 minutes plus because he can guard Robertson for most of the time. And he's basically not doing anything but staying in the paint, dropping and take rebounds. So if against the elite teams, Robertson, Robertson can be useful because of his defense. It's inc- for the regular season. It's incredibly glaring to me that he's not helping OKC winning regular games because people are uh, and, and people are starting to sag off, sag him off basically from the beginning of the game, and, and so yeah, they have to find a way. Um, one one can say, well, if someone against Golden State gets gets out, then you put in Robertson against him and try to um, to to improve your defense. That can be also a good point of view. So I'm not sure how Robertson, because we we didn't we didn't see him coming from the bench uh, really in the last few seasons. So I'm not sure what can be his impact coming from the bench. Um, weirdly enough, this is something that Billy never tried, and so maybe we'll we'll see that during the season. Maybe not. I'm not sure, but I really want to see uh, against the elite team. So for example, against Houston, why not starting um, under Robertson from the bench, and as soon as. Eric Gordon comes in, you put him on uh, on Eric Gordon and see what happens. I think it's it's something that since Billy tries basically everything, why not that? So why not trying to to increase your defense, uh, not from the beginning of the game, but as soon as the bench scorer of the other team comes in. Yeah, and and I don't know if that's a Billy thing or a Thunder thing, but they rarely tinker with the starting lineup. And they, I mean, it's... It takes it takes injury to change the starting lineup, and so I, yeah. um, I'd be interested to see if he did that too. Because you're right, he tries everything. He, I mean, he tried playing Terrence Ferguson those minutes, and he looked yeah. he looked fine. Um, yes, and maybe he does 
need a little bit more minutes because he actually was hitting shots. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just weird. Billy tries a lot of stuff, but that's something he never really does is tinker with the starters. Uh, some people are suggesting that Melo come off the bench and like, who, and then like my, my question is like, who are you going to start? Like, what are you going to do that's yeah. going to make that any better? You start, you're going to start Jeremy Grant, who's like not shooting well from three at all. I mean, your, your spacing shrinks even further. And they're a minus 17, that group is, so far this season. I mean, it's, it's the worst five-man unit for the Thunder, um, is the Russ, Robertson, Paul George, Grant, and Adams. Like, it doesn't work. And Yeah, you have to put Patterson out there. It has to be Patterson. And, you know, his, he's been hit or miss as well. But maybe he could be, like we, like we discussed, a guy that can make the extra pass and maybe help the offense a little bit. And then... Um, you know, Mello comes in, he's like your super sub. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that that's something that maybe they need to try to like look at, you know, putting, you know, Mello to the bench or Robertson to the bench to start the game. Um, but that starting unit, it has done really well. Like they're, they've played the yeah. most minutes by far. And, you know, they, they're definitely a net positive together. Um, it's just everything else after that, they have a lot, they just have a lot to figure out. Yeah, and the issue is they played already 20 games, which is a quarter of the season. And so um, you'd expect uh, 20 games in that they are um, far away, Um, at least. uh, That that was my hope coming to the season, that 20 games in they are uh, the team that we actually uh, hoped they could be. Uh, But it's not the case. So we'll see. I mean, as we said, this week is... um, it's not soft because they have Minnesota and San Antonio, but uh, it's more spread out. And they have uh, a couple of day, extra days uh, at the beginning of the week. And so it's it's good. They Again, it's a crucial week for me, this one. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about something good before we go to the weekly previews. We'll have to do this pretty quickly. Um, but Andy's frozen custard is something that's very, very good. Go to Andy's today. They have locations in Oklahoma City and Dallas, all over Missouri. And you can get some of the best frozen custard in the country. No joke. They make it fresh every hour on the hour. You can watch it through the window. Uh, I said this before. My kids love it. I'll hold my kids up. They look at the frozen custard and then we go buy some. And it's outstanding. You can still get that pumpkin pie concrete. If you're, if maybe you're still on a pumpkin pie kick, I don't know. If you are, this is where you should go because they take a full piece of pumpkin pie, put it in the cup, put their vanilla frozen custard in it, mix it all together. It's so delicious. Uh, right now, I'm on a big mint kick. So if you like mint, this is kind of like well, winter is like a minty time. You can get mint added into whatever custard you want, whatever concrete you want. I always get it in. Um, I like to get the chocolate frozen custard with Oreo and mint, and it is, woo, it's so good. Go to Andy's Frozen Custard today. Please support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat Andy's Frozen Custard. Uh, Let's go to um, another team that's having a hard time, the Orlando Magic, who started out the season. Everyone thought they were going to win the title, um, and now they've lost eight straight. Um Welcome back, Alfred. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Alfred Payton. Because <laughs> they they were they'd only lost four games up to that point, and then yeah. they lost eight in a row. Uh, Jonathan Isaac um, is sidelined; he's got an ankle injury. Everybody else is healthy. 
they're hot. They're just a hot shooting team out the gate. And it turns out that these guys don't shoot 58% from the three-point line. Uh, they're, they're 24th in defense, I believe. And then they're like a middling offensive team at this point, 16th in offense and 24th in defense. Uh, this is just not a very good team. But as we know, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the Thunder yeah. play. <laughs> like, they can lose to anybody. They've lost to the Kings. They've lost to the Mavs. Uh, they could for sure lose to this Orlando Magic team. Uh, but what are, what are some issues that the Thunder could run into with the Magic? Well, um, to me, I mean, the Magic were a very good team before, as I said before, um, after Peyton uh, came back from the injury. Uh, since then, uh, subbing in uh, a subpar, uh, to be uh, gentle with him, um, offensive player, uh, shooting-wise, uh, caused it like... Uh, all the problems in the world to Orlando because the space that they had uh, at the beginning of the season is not there because people actually guard Peyton in a very different way from any other point guard they had. And so to me, uh, the the crucial mistake can be uh, let's give Peyton like even more space and forget about defending, guarding him throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how basically Russ guarded him last season and it turned out not okay. So uh, to me, against this team, y- you have to set your defense immediately. Uh, try to, to be consistent on the defensive end for 20 minutes uh, and then probably uh, if you can get at halftime against this sort of team with a, with a good lead, it can be enough because Orlando uh, talent-wise is not at the level of OKC. They don't have uh, any player, uh, or at least um, they don't have all-stars on that roster. Yeah. And so, and, and probably their best offensive player and or well, their two best offensive players are guarded by uh, our best defenders. So Vucevic will be guarded by Adams. Uh, probably they will put uh, either George or probably George against um, Gordon and then Robertson uh, against Fournier. So the Thunder are equipped to to play against them and to guard them throughout the game. Uh, the, the only issue can be if Russ really doesn't want to play defense against Peyton. Uh, because if you, if you do that, if you play smart defense against Peyton, then you're good to go against Orlando, I think. Yeah. And they've... You know, they've, they've got a lot out of Jonathan Simmons so far this season. He's yeah. at 14 points per game, uh, 36% from three. He's been really solid. Uh, he's kind of like their sixth man. Um, yeah. But overall, uh, overall, this team is not very good. Uh, and the, they don't have a lot of defensive talent. And the Thunder should be able to score at will if they're generating good shots. Um but again, that remains to be seen. <laughs> They're yeah. going to do that. Uh, let's go yeah. ahead and move on so that we can get all these teams covered. Um, let's move on to Minnesota. So second night of a back-to-back. Or no, not second night. They have a night in between. Um, yeah. My bad. So they play Minnesota at home on Friday. On Wednesday, they play Orlando. So uh, Wednesday, Friday, and then Sunday this week. So they play Minnesota, uh, who have – I mean, we – We've seen this team a couple times already. Um, it's yes. kind of crazy how front-loaded the uh, the games against this team are. But um, so the Minnesota Timberwolves are twelve and eight. They're currently fourth in the Western Conference. They're fifth in offensive rating, twenty eighth in defensive rating, um, which is just really interesting for a Tom Thibodeau-led team. Uh, they they fig- they're figuring things out offensively. They've got a lot of offensive talent. 
Um, and you can still score at will on guys like Towns. Uh, and really the only guy that's really holding this defense together uh, at all is Taj Gibson. Uh, but everybody else hasn't really played well on the defensive end, but they are uh, playing well offensively. One, two, three, four. They have five guys in double figures right now, almost six with Jamal Crawford at nine. Um, so they're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys on this team. Um, thoughts on Minnesota? Like we, we see, you know, our, our listeners have seen this team twice already. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that there's a lot to cover. No, I mean, the, the key to me is how uh, OKC can um, can exploit Towns uh, and Russell Westbrook will be crucial because um, in the two games against Minnesota, especially the second one, uh, he didn't play uh, as, much, as as well as he could. Mm-hmm. And if, if they can exploit um, that kind of pick-and-roll defense, and I think it will be um, at least a good point to, uh, to start. Um, the other issue... Uh, in the in the last minute in the game against them was uh, Russ guarding the point of attack against Teague. If you let Teague play uh, as he, as he wants, so if you don't put him in trouble physically, then I mean uh, you are not good to go uh, because if they let them play, they they are a good offensive team and they will score the ball. Mm-hmm. Especially again, if, especially if you don't guard the point of attack, that was a major issue um, in the first game. Uh, about Minnesota, they have great players. Uh, it's it's still very uh, weird to me that Towns, after his rookie season, is playing that this kind of defense because I really don't understand that. Right. He was um, he was a talented defensive guy, I think, at Kentucky, um, and so it, it's very weird that he doesn't uh, take uh, pride in doing that. But a lot of good players do, uh, does that. So we'll see. I mean. Um, they have a lot of information, and so it would be nice to see uh, this game in in a playoff outlook because um, they, they, they maybe we, we will start to see some adjustment uh, since they have played already two times. Yeah, and they've you know they've been you know kind of struggling over the last five games. They're only two and three in the last five, and yep. the games that they have won are against Phoenix, who's abysmal, and then Orlando, and they've lost to Detroit, Charlotte and uh miami uh so they're not playing great basketball at this point in the season and you know obviously the thunder aren't either um so it would be you know this would be a you know i feel like i keep saying this this would be a nice time for the thunder to turn around like this would be a good game to like show that they made progress um so i don't know i it's it's another interesting game and then they play um they play the spurs on sunday night in Oklahoma City, so it's nice to have these two tough games in uh, in OKC because the crowd definitely helps this team. The, the Thunder have been a lot better at home than they have been on the road. Uh, but the, the <laughs> again, the Spurs team—they're the Spurs. Like they just continue to be very Spursy with their twelve and seven record and their uh, fourth in defensive rating, their twentieth in offensive rating. Uh, which makes sense because like they just have all these guys that really can't create shots uh, all playing mm-hmm. together. And basically the system is keeping them afloat and they are always making great passes. They're playing impeccable defense. They're just a well-coached team, um, which is really an interesting contrast between the Thunder and the Spurs right now who like the Thunder have all the talent in the world and they can, you know, go and hammer Golden State and they just have no offensive 
discipline at all. And then you watch the Spurs team and they just, you know, they beat the Thunder um, not long ago, um, about a week ago. And, you know, it's because they just played disciplined basketball and they just, you know, just, you know, chipped away at the Thunder's lead and were able to pull out a win because they were disciplined and they looked hunted for the right shots and hunted for good shots. And ultimately that's what will win you basketball games and the Thunder haven't figured out that that's what will help them win yet. Um, but anything on, on San Antonio? Yeah, quickly. I mean, San Antonio was one of the one of the team that actually exploit uh, how poor Russ was playing in pick and roll situations, and yeah. uh, in general, they they kept Pau Gasol uh, on the floor, uh, dropping him uh, in basically every coverage possible. So whenever uh, he was uh, switched on or um, switched on a player or guarding the pick and roll, he was just dropping back to force the Thunder or not to force to um, to try to make the Thunder shooting mid-range shots mm-hmm. and that is what it, what happened and um, that is how most of the teams are guarding OKC now so they will do that again let's see if OKC can can find something else uh, I tried during the weekend to put uh, since I was uh, watching the um, um, Mavericks games uh, later in the day um, to put some, um, some some material on Twitter to, to show that kind of uh, the big drop and you have a ton of options including the mid-range shot. If you go at it, you will probably find uh, or either you are very hot, but if you're not, then you will find it very hard to win at a high level in the NBA by taking those kind of shots. Yeah. Uh, so the Thunder get those home court advantages. I think that's a good, a good thing for this team, but they also get a lot yeah. of practice time this week. And so it'll be, to me, it's interesting to see, does this team benefit from having... You know, time to look at film, time to practice, time to work on things, time to be able to slow down and to see things that are happening on the court. Do they benefit from that? And I think that if they do, then that's like a testament to Billy Donovan and what he's doing and what they're trying to do. If they come out and play the exact same way against Orlando, you know, I talked about Billy's job being safe and I still think it's safe. But I think that if that kind of stuff continues, where they just continue to play the same way over and over again, you know, we get to you know the brooklyn game you know that's in mexico and they play the exact same way and then they play you know at home against charlotte the exact same way on december 11th then i think you're you're looking at some like real problems and you know so you know looking for solutions outside of just trying to change things internally um but i don't think we're at that point yet so uh mckelly anything else that you'd like to uh cover before we go no, I think we uh, we should we should be optimistic still because this team is at least fun to watch. We had a, an amazing game, so try to feed off of a Golden State game because yeah. it was very good. And, and you are always in time to be pessimistic, like a week from now and or two weeks from now or whenever in the future. So let's start to be optimistic and to to follow this team. Uh, um, to be to like to to find ways to be entertained about this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the Thunder showed against Golden State that they just don't just like suck just all all around. Like they're just no. not an awful team, which is nice no. to know. Like it's really nice to know and be able to like point to that to fans like you know Billy also coached that Golden State game. Like did you know that? Yeah. Like he wasn't like absent for that game and then they just played awesome. Like he actually he coached that game and he I believe that he outcoached Steve Kerr that night. I don't think it was just oh, yeah. like shots were falling and shots were falling. But I do think that he outcoached Steve Kerr that night. And so 
we can't just pick and choose when we want to fire Billy Donovan. Like we need to look at everything that's happened. You know, there have been really good games. There's been bad games. I think one of the problems is, and Royce Young pointed this out, is that their like baseline right now is really bad. Like them as like a just what they're going to bring as like a baseline team. Like it's not any good, and so they've got to find a way to generate easy shots where they don't feel like you know when they don't have that giant motivator in front of them in Golden State. Like they got to figure out how to get those easy shots, how to get Paul George involved, how to do all these things. And you know, there's still time to figure it out. Like I said, the Western Conference. You know, there's only two teams that are really running away with anything, and everybody else is kind of in the middle. And so, for the Thunder to get back into this, you know, it would take, you know, a pretty simple run from them over the next couple of weeks, and they're right back in it. So, uh, yeah. there's all hope is not lost with this team. Uh, just chill out, Thunder Nation. Like it's okay. Like it's going to be. It's going to be fine. Uh, this is still a good team, and we saw that last Wednesday. Uh, but they are for sure frustrating. Uh, we can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. He's been putting out some really cool stuff recently. So if you don't follow him, you should. I've been retweeting some of his stuff. I know Fred's been doing that too, but you should uh, give him a follow. Follow his project at chart underscore side. You can follow us on Twitter at down to dunk. Uh, leave us a five star iTunes review if you've got time. We're thankful. Uh, for all of our listeners, we're thankful that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to us talk about basketball. That means a lot to us. I uh, hope that you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.